Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. I'm excited to be here with you guys for the second week in a row for a couple of different reasons. It's been fun to study this particular um, message, and then also it's always a good time to give Dom a rest. Don't get used to it. We'll just send all of our complaints to dncenius.com. So, um, you know, Dom talked about we are going to look at gentleness, uh, being a fruit of the Spirit, being an expression of love that can, you know, come in us and through us. And um, I also want to read a quick scripture with you. This is actually in Galatians 6. It's the scripture right after uh, the fruit of the Spirit scripture, and it talks a little bit about how gentleness can be activated. It says, my beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with fault, may the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him, win him over with gentle words. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. It's the only interactive part today, so I actually need you to participate with me. Um, But before we do that, let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for um, this experience that we will have with you and each other. God, I pray that um, through this time today, we can learn a new perspective on what it means to be gentle, especially when we're in the fast lane and there's a slow driver in front of us that won't get over. Amen. Okay, so here's the question. What do you think of when you hear the word gentle? Shout it out. What words come to your mind? Baby wipes. Okay, baby wipes. That's a, I, did, I did not think of that one. What else? Soft. Meekness. Yeah, patience. Good. Snuggle the bear. Okay, this is going in a whole different direction than what I thought, but um, we'll go with it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, let's face it. In our culture today, typically gentleness is associated with weakness, right? Um, Maybe you will hear the word when you think of gentle. um, There's meekness, maybe mild, delicate, fragile, spineless. Typically, we may think of gentle people as people that get walked over or passed over or ignored. We're not typically in a space of, you know, at your job wanting to be known as a a gentle leader. Maybe you want to be known as a strong leader, a respected leader. Um, And so typically, we're not super impressed when we're called gentle. Um, You know, and gentleness doesn't always seem like an effective strategy to deploy when you're experiencing maybe a relational conflict or a disappointment or a failure. But in the scripture that we just read, and there's so many other scriptures, God encourages us to pursue gentleness, to pursue it in a way where we seek it and we utilize it time and time again. And I find that wild. I find it wild that that would be the characteristic and the gift that God tells us to utilize in complicated situations, but he does. Look, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness, Galatians 6.1. Proverbs 15 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And 2 Timothy 2, he tells us to be gentle with those who are argumentative, contrary, hostile. 
I don't know about you, but uh, when I initially think of being in a conflict that is hostile, I can think of a million different ways to address that situation. Um, my personal favorite is shut down. Uh, just shut it down, right? Um, there is retali- I heard a clap. There is retaliation, and we cannot even forget an articulate counter argument, right? It's like whenever you're starting to store up, you know exactly what you're going to say to that person. But what I found looking in, you know, as I was studying through this message and as I was um, learning a little bit more about gentleness, I think what we come across is this false dichotomy or false narrative when it comes to gentleness and power or gentleness and justice. And when we look a little bit into a story um, that we're going to explore in a few minutes, that is what we start to see, the example that Jesus gives us. An example of who we can be to ourselves and who we can be to others. Because have you ever been in an argument with someone that responds in gentleness? Isn't it frustrating? Like, think about it this way. Uh, Okay, so let's um, imagine you are with your significant other, right? They're never going to do this, but um, no one in this room does this. But let's imagine you're in an argument with your significant other, and um, I don't know, maybe it's about, like, money. I spent too much at Target, right? And so I'm on my way home. I already have worked up 87 points of why their argument does not matter and mine is right. Anyone else? Cool. Um, And so when I get home, I'm expecting this explosive spiritual conversation maybe and when you get when I get home if I've ever been in this kind of argument with you know significant other or a friend and they approach it with gentleness at first I'm like man I had some good ones ready and then there's something that happens to me on the inside I begin to soften a little bit right I begin to maybe reflect a little bit more introspectively and I can have that conversation in a different way, and that is powerful. That is like a life hack, okay? Don't use it to manipulate, but I'm just saying, if someone is coming at you argumentatively and you respond with gentleness, I think you'll win. So, you know, um, when I was looking in the, the scripture in the text, I saw this word that is often used for gentleness in um, the Bible. And I'm going to try to say these words, so don't heckle me until after. You can just come up and educate me. But I found a couple of different interesting words in here. Um, One of the words that is used for gentleness um, is preutas, okay? And what they would say before is they would say pros. So what happened is in the Greek military, they would go find a wild stallion, in the mountains, and they would bring those horses back to their camp, and they would tame or break these horses. And they might use the horse, you know, for a horse that they ride or a horse that pulls something. But the best of horses go to war. And those particular horses are chosen for war because they still have their fierce spirit, but they can be controlled by a nudge. They have strength under control. And so whenever they have the strength under control, 
that is the word that we would see referred to as praetos. And so in the Bible, you'll often see the word paralleled with maybe meekness. Um, but you'll also see it used as preutas, and that means strength under control. That is someone who has power, has authority, and can have a gentle, controlled conversation without undue harshness. And those people are incredible. When I was thinking about that, I thought about this analogy for you guys. Um, anyone ever been to a dog park? Have a dog? heard of a dog? Yeah, so um, imagine you are at the dog park, right? So I'm at the dog park. I take my mini baby puppy, Dotson. I do have one of those. He's not a puppy anymore, and he is crazy. So anyways, he's a puppy, and I go to the dog park, right? And maybe it's just my puppy and a Great Dane, full-grown, full-blown adult Great Dane at the dog park. And they're going to want to do what? Play, because that's what dogs do. So they're going to want to play. Now the person that has the great Dane is going to repeat a phrase while that dog is playing with my puppy. And they're going to say, gentle, be gentle, gentle. Now am I going to tell my puppy to be gentle? No, because that puppy doesn't have the strength or the ability to hurt that great Dane, right? can scratch and bite and play, and he's not going to hurt that Great Dane at all. So why then do we associate weakness with gentleness? If we are in a fragile space in our lives, we are not the ones that need to be gentle. It's when we're in that position of power, validation, authority. That is an opportunity through the Spirit to express love through gentleness. You with me? Okay. So um, I love that analogy, and I wrote this down for you. Um, obviously, it's not on the screen, but I just think through, like, what a beautiful example of, you know, having great power and yielding that in a compassionate way to others and also ourselves. Because that can be the, one of the most difficult things, right? Being gentle with ourselves. We'll look at a story here in a few moments of um, a woman who was caught in an act that felt shameful. And, you know, I just, in that illustration, I think about how difficult that could have been for her internally to process what was going on. And um, I didn't grow up in a, a gentle, a typical idea of a gentle home. Um, I grew up more in a because I say so, home. It was me and my mom, and uh, she was a single working mom. She was going a million miles an hour all the time. So it was, we didn't have time for gentleness, right? And I was a stubborn kid. I know I don't look it, I look very sweet. But uh, I, was a I was a stubborn, stubborn kid. Um, I would be often referred to, well, I can't remember, Tommy, the Tommy on, uh, Rugrats, you guys remember him just doing crazy things? That was me. I was Tommy. Um, and so at home, it wasn't a gentle atmosphere, but at my grandma's house, it was a very gentle atmosphere. And I was two different kids whenever I was at my grandma's house. I was calm. I was co cooperative. And um, I know I can look back now and know that is because my grandma was like this really strong person, but she was so compassionate and 
everything she did, if you were reprimanded or in trouble, it was done in this way where it wasn't like, um, you know, yelling. It was more like the, I'm disappointed. You know that one? I was more like, I'm disappointed. And so I just listened to everything that she said. Now, I did hear, uh, I didn't have this for you, but I'm just going to share. So I heard my grandmother uh, back in the day, she had six kids and um, adopted another. And I heard she was not gentle. Um, Single mom raised all those kids. And this one time, my uncle (laughs) was telling me a story because I was I was talking to him. He's he's uh, my uncle that was adopted a couple years older than me. And I was telling him about, like, how, like, sweet grandma was. And he was like, yeah, I remember a time that she dug a tattoo out of my finger with a needle. So um, (laughs) it's a true story. (laughs) True story. That wasn't for effect. So, um, yeah, but, you know, she was just this woman that you wanted to – um, follow, and you wanted her advice, and you you wanted to hear what she said, and there was not this, like, transaction of information. There was a transformation in behavior, and I can contribute that to the gentleness that she displayed. I wrote this down, too, if you're taking notes. If you're not, you should, because nerds rule the world. Um, gentleness is not weakness. It's the understanding of how to express your strength. And that's, of course, what we've been talking about this morning. So I want to take you through a story. And um, before I start to read this story, I want to talk it out. It's in the book of John. It's one of the most famous stories in the New Testament. Um, There's a lot of controversy around this story. There are a lot of angles and um, illustrations that people pull through this story, so I highly encourage you to go check it out. Uh, It's filled with such a great depiction of who Jesus was, who he is, and who he will always be, okay? So this story, um, it's it's the woman who committed adultery is what you'll typically hear it referred to. And a lot of times when you look at this story at face value, what you may consider or think is that it's about a story of a woman who committed a sin, right? And um, uh, something against the law. And so a lot of times maybe you'll hear it preached in a way of being able to um, look at sin and what that looks like and what happens. But I want to flip the script today And I want to talk to you about how I, through this story, feel like it has less to do with the woman's sin and it has more to do with the character of Jesus. Okay? So um, the story starts out, Jesus had just come from the Mount of Olives. He goes into a temple and he is teaching to the people in this temple. So let's check it out. John 8. Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again, and soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. We're going to stop there for a moment. There are a couple of different things that we have to dig into right here. You see, in um, this particular time, there were these religious scholars, these religious leaders. They were called the Pharisees. And what they wanted to do, they acknowledged Jesus' gentleness 
gentleness. They acknowledged his teaching. They didn't acknowledge his righteousness. Him saying that he was the son of God. He was God on earth. They wanted to trap him and prove him wrong in what he was saying to the crowds. And here's why. At the time, there was a Jewish law, the law of Moses, that said anyone caught in a crime, especially the act of adultery, they were to be stoned, right? That was against the law. And then, on the other hand, there was the Roman law. There was the new teaching that Jesus was bringing, and it was a teaching of mercy and forgiveness and compassion. And so the Pharisees were trying to trap him to see which way Jesus was going to go, because either way, he was discredited somewhere. He was either going to follow the Jewish law and not show compassion to this woman, or he was going to follow what he had been expressing as the truth, the word of God, and he was going to break the law. That's where we're at in this story. I also find it very interesting, this part, been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. So according to the law, they had to catch someone in the act, two people. It wasn't a he said, she said. They had to catch the person. And so what makes me think this is not about the woman is a couple of reasons. One, how'd they catch this lady in the act? Like, were they spying on her and they were, she was just a, a bystander of what they were trying to prove, right? Did they set her up? Um, and then the other thing is, in the law, it also stated that both parties had to be stoned to death. And so the man was never brought into this story. So that's what makes me think this is not just a story about a woman who commits adultery. Let's keep going. Then they said to Jesus, teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses's law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? They were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. They were saying, is he going to follow the law? Gentleness, mercy, like we just talked about. And here's what Jesus, in all of his infinite wisdom and um, amazingness, does. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Anger angry, they kept insisting that he answer their questions. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone. They were all. Let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. There's a a couple of um, commentary articles that you can read from theologians and there's a kind of a debate on what he was writing some people say that he was writing a scripture from the book of Jeremiah some people say that he was writing the sins of those around him trying to make a point nevertheless upon hearing that her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time beginning with the oldest to the youngest with a convicted conscience until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there in front of him So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? 
Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. Jesus demonstrates that power of gentleness in this story, right? He sees this woman, and he addresses what needs to be addressed, but he does it in this compassionate, gentle way that shuts the chaos around them down. There's this intimate exchange of words between Jesus and this woman, and I just think about that. Like, can you imagine the thing that you are most ashamed of in your life, the thing that you struggle with the most? Can you imagine that being put on public display? Have you ever been in one of those arguments on the other side where you knew you messed up? You knew that the other person had every single right to be angry, to have an articulate comeback, to have a validated concern or frustration. And then, in the midst of that argument, they extend compassion. They extend gentleness. That is by beyond the most incredible feeling that can shift our hearts right in a moment. That's the power of the way that Jesus displayed himself throughout this entire scripture. And Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says we have that exact same power in our spirit, that we can express that the same exact way that Jesus did. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, and we can extend that to others. Life hack, write it down. So um, I want to read this scripture. We got a, a couple more minutes here, and I want to read something to you. Um, this is in the, the book of Matthew. It won't be on the screen, but this is a scripture I often come back to when I think about, you know, in my own life when I'm just very frustrated or when I'm down or whenever I'm frustrated with this, you know, journey of faith. This is something I always come back to. It's a scripture in Matthew 11, it's 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We cannot underestimate the power of gentleness because gentleness is simply strength wrapped in peace. That's what Jesus shows us throughout this story. That's what we have the space to be able to learn about. Um, and when I think about that, I feel like gentleness is by far the best strategy for correction because it shows us a path that is laid out, right? I've been in um, spaces in my life where someone came down on me and told me what I needed to do and how wrong I was and all that good stuff, and I was just like, okay, and then I keep going on doing exactly what I was doing before, but I have people in my life, I have mentors, I've, you know, in the military, I had a training instructor, I've had 
marked moments in my life where people, because of their demeanor, because of the gentleness, because of the correction and the way that they did, it changed not because I should change or because I thought that was right. It changed me in a way that made me feel like I was operating out of who I truly was. And that's, you know, what we can have an opportunity to walk away from today. It's in a moment where we can, you know, we're in the right of waging war, but we extend peace. Um, It's in the relationships where we have the right to validate, but we extend this softness, still injustice, still showing mercy, but in a way that the other person can consume. I hope that for you today, I hope that for me today, I hope that for our community, I hope that and pray that we're not just going to be a people that come sit in a chair on a Sunday, but that we're going to take these stories and we're going to take this community and we're going to take the words that God is speaking to us very personally and we're going to learn how to express that through the power of the Holy Spirit to those around us and to ourselves because I need gentleness and you need gentleness and the person that you're going to walk on the street by or through HEB all 900 of those people on a Sunday they need gentleness humanity life it can be difficult but Jesus tells us right here if you lean into me my yoke is easy and my burden is light and that's a gift that we get whenever we lean into him Will you pray with me? Father, for this day, we are thankful. God, for the fruit of the Spirit, for these things that you place deep inside of us, and you say we have authority to extend. We thank you. The same power that lived in Jesus and rose him from the grave, that you would place that deep inside our hearts. We thank you. Thank you for each person that is sitting in this seat today. I pray over them, God. I pray that they would continue to have an encounter with you. I pray that they would be wrapped in peace and strength, God. And I pray that they would know they have a community right around them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.